Kozinski's Top Gun, Maverick isn't scared to lean on nostalgia with various callbacks to the 1986 film. That said, it doesn't bring back many of the characters from the original Top Gun and among the absent is Charlie. There are two reasons that explain why Charlie isn't in the sequel. According to director Joseph Kozinski, they wanted Top Gun, Maverick to look forward instead of backward, so they were meticulous in deciding which legacy characters would be back in the new blockbuster. Ultimately, instead of repairing Maverick with Charlie, the decision was made to properly reintroduce Penny Benjamin from Top Gun, instead. However, Charlie actress Kelly McGillis believes that there's a different explanation for not being called back for Top Gun, Maverick. Her agent looks. I'm old and I'm fat and I look age-appropriate for what my age is, and that is not what that whole scene is about, she said in a 2019 interview. But McGillis harbors no ill toward Donnelly, saying she's so glad she got that opportunity. According to University of Georgia professor Roger Stell, open record requests have revealed that United States military officials were allowed to make changes to Top Gun, Maverick, including the insertion of key talking points such as foreign policy and recruitment. A top U.S. military recruiter told Fox News that we want to take advantage of the opportunity to connect not just the movie and the idea of a military service, but the fact that we've got jobs and we've got recruiters waiting for them. 48 To create the illusion that the actors were actually piloting the jets during flying scenes, the producers paid the Navy $11,374 per flight for F-18E slash F Super Hornets and pilots to fly them. 67 At least one F-18F was rigged with special cameras to film an actor in the backseat. Crews design a unique three-month boot camp to train the actors with flying roles to get them used to aerobatics and high G-forces, and to build the spatial awareness they would need to operate the camera equipment. Some of the training was required by the Navy for passengers in tactical jets, including underwater evacuation. 68 Barbara said the cast endured acrobatics riding the extra 300L, including right before flights in the F-18F, to ensure their bodies had the required tolerance. 69 The actors also had to learn lighting, cinematography, and editing to properly run the cameras, because, as Bruce Yama put it, when they're up in the jet they have to direct themselves essentially. 70 Preliminary production on the film officially started on May 30, 2018, in San Diego, California. 71-72 During late August of 15, person film crew from Paramount and Brusheimer Films were aboard the Norfolk-based aircraft carrier USS Abraham Lincoln to shoot flight deck operations. 73-74 In mid-February 2019, crews and the production crew were sighted on board USS Theodore Roosevelt at NAS North Island. 75 In March, filming was completed at Naval Air Station Hidby Island in Oak Harbor, Washington. 76 On June 19, 2019, Miles Teller revealed in an interview that he had finished filming two days earlier. 77 principal photography was scheduled until April 15, 2019, in San Diego, Elmo, China Lake, 78 Lake Tara in California, 79 Seattle, Washington, 80 in Pax River, Maryland, 81 The post-production and editing works were supervised by Kozinski at his home during the COVID-19 pandemic lockdown. 82 The film was shot in IMAX format using IMAX certified Sony Venice 6K full-frame cameras. 
83 Kozinski explained that the team spent more than a year with Navy forces to use the IMAX cameras inside the cockpit, with four cameras facing toward the actors and two facing forward, in addition to cameras mounted all over the exteriors of the aircraft. He explained that the audience should feel the authenticity, strain, speed and gravitational forces, something that cannot be achieved through sounds touch or visual effects, which needed a tremendous amount of effort and work. 38 He added that more than 800 hours of footage has been shot for the film, exceeding the combined footage shot for the films in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. 84 Aerial footage was also recorded using modified aerial, minus 39 albatross jets with cameras on their noses. 85 The fictional Dark Star aircraft, partially based on the unmanned Lockheed Martin FR, minus 72, was designed with the assistance of engineers from Lockheed Martin and its Skunk Works division. A full-scale mock-up of the aircraft was built and filmed at China Lake. 86 You know, it really gives you a sense of pride when you see that. The men and women that are on those ships that are out in the middle of, like, nowhere. Right. You know, and uh, working it. You know, the top, they're the top gun, right? Out there, yeah, helping defend. And, and most of these are against MiGs, which are what, Russian? Russian, Russian MiGs. MiGs? Yep. That's what they were back then. Now, now they're... Big jets. Did you want some pet pretzel sticks? Well, that's what I loved about the film was this music was like really central to it, which I heard is not the case with this new one. Yeah. You know, but you had Kenny Loggins, who that's his danger zone. Yeah was like such an, I mean, every, even I, when I hear it on the radio, I'm like, wow. Yeah, yeah Ken Loggins did a good writing that, that whole uh, soundtrack. And then all those guys with their white uniforms. Remember that episode, that scene yeah, in where, Top Gun? Where he's going in trying to get yeah. Kelly McGillis. Is that their civilian clothing when they dress up white? That's their dress whites. Dress whites? They're called dress whites. So when you're in the military, you have your combat gear or your fatigues, which are the normal. In the case of the Navy, it would be the blue and whites. It would be normal. And then when you get dressed up, you're called dress whites. And so in the Army, wear fatigues, green fatigues, and when you dress up, you're wearing your dress blues, called dress blues. Right. Oh, okay. And it used to be, and that's since World War II, before that, dressed up in, in their kind of a yellowish brown, baby shit brown. I don't know what they called those in World War II. They weren't green, and they weren't blue. So yeah, those uh, dress whites, they're, uh, they're attractive. So Top Gun, these guys have to be so on top of things, they can't make an error, right? There can't be any room for error when they're maneuvering, right? 
against the MiGs. And you're going Mach 2 or Mach 3, you don't have time for her. That's right. Right? You blink your eyes, you could be crashing into something. Wow. I mean, just think you're going about half the speed of a bullet. Do you know that I have to admit, that scene when he lost his friend, Yeah. Goose. when I saw that recently, it brought me to tears. Hmm. That's how powerful that filmmaking is. When Goose. he lost Goose yeah. and he felt that pain, they yeah. really, you know, what is that? That, that ability empathy. for the empathy. Yeah, but for that to come through the film. Well, that's good filmmaking. That's good directing. Wow. I mean, it's called, called acting where you can feel it, you know, where right. the actors are demonstrating that kind of empathy and stuff that we broadcast to the public. And they said, and they brought him to trial. I thought that was interesting to seek, you know, to see whether or not he was guilty. Remember that? They brought him before the tribunal, military. Right. right. What's it called? The military court? Because he, uh, uh, court martial. Court martial? Yeah. But they brought him there because he lost a $30 million plane. Yeah. And why? Why did he lose it? So they had to determine why he lost it. When they you know determined that he got caught in the draft of the other plane, who was Iceman, who was ahead of him, and Iceman just gunned it and took off, he got caught in their way. Yeah. And it took out the engines. The engines just blew off. And so that's why he was in a free spin. Couldn't do anything about it. No engine power. That, and that's a known thing that happens to... To jets, even jet liners, your your civilian planes, you get in that kind of a draft. Yeah, it blows your engines. So you, that's why you never see planes following each other right behind them. Well, They're usually stacked. So neither one are in the draft of the other. Oh, man. My way to the danger zone. God, I was so looking forward to that. I know. Movie. But oh well, we'll see it tomorrow. I mean, that's yeah. a nice thing about being retired. I don't give a rat's ass. Oh. You know. <laughs> see, so, is that like yours? Your size? Or? I think that's 75 inch. Is that? Mine is 65. It's more like Brandon's size. So. <laughs> Did I tell you that 8K is coming out next year? The boy? 8K. I have oh. a very reliable source who said that next year Apple's going to come out with 8K phones. And um, that's going to push everything forward. Well, you got to think of it this way. If a TV manufacturer comes out with 8K, either it's just a very simple step up in pixel size, or if they're ahead of that, the broadcast stations can't support it anyway. Oh. So they can't transmit 8K. No sense having 8K, except 
like the 4K. Most broadcasts can't support 4K. So what do the TV manufacturers do? What do they do? What? They up. They take the uh, 1080p and they up it up to 4K, upscale to 4K. But it's not the same. You know, it's not, it's not like it's being transmitted in 4K. They're just upscaling. They're saying, "Boom! Well, I know you can't do it, so I'm gonna." throw it up there and all I'm going to do is add lines in between. I'm going to average these two lines and put a third line in there. Kind of thing. That's how they how they do it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's what upscaling is, basically. You just take the logarithm of you know, the next two lines in, in succession. You know, this one's got this much data. This one's got this kind of data. I'm going to take the average and put that in between those two. And so... I'm up, up, uh, upgrading it to, in this case, 4K. So they're going to have to do the same thing with 8K. <laughs> the, only they're going to have to average the next four lines or oh. something in order to do it. Because you can't even broadcast 4K to it. How much can you compress into a screen? It's K. And then what, 16K? I, I heard that they're already talking about 16K. Yeah. How? <laughs> but all that really tells me is that they're just adding more pixels to the screen. Yeah. But if you can't transmit it, you know, so... First of all, you can't tell the difference between 720 and 1080. If you're 5 feet back, 10 feet back, you can't tell the difference. And so when they do that, I don't know how you're ever going to be able to tell the difference anyway. Thank you. Can you tell the difference between 4K and um, HDTV? Well, HDTV is 1080 or 720. Can you, can you tell the difference? No. Can you? I you don't. Got a 4K TV. I don't think so. I don't know. Yeah, check, text. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's what I'm asking. It's. What do you think? Sorry? What sausage? All the sausage. Yeah? I like, I like, pretz I like warm pretzels. Guava barbecue, hot chicks, sweet Thai chili, or plain? Can I get two different ones? Yeah. So you want them playing at the barbecue one? By the way, I just got a coupon from Micro Center for a, a webcam or with a microphone. I don't need it, but... Ranch or blue cheese? No, I, I got it. it. What's that? I don't need it. Mm. I know I still have to get the USB drive that I got as a coupon. How long do they hold those specials? Not long because they're only redeemable for a certain week, which usually, you know... Right. The week of. Gonna try some pork belly. No, I'm pretty full. Are you sure? Yep.
so many movies of Elvis. I, I don't think he looks like Elvis. He's obviously talented. Did you replace him in this movie? Yeah, I wasn't impressed, but apparently he's getting great reviews. He oh. did. And then they just said that the his rights, Elvis's rights company, sent a letter to all the chapels in Las Vegas and said cease and desist with your Elvis impersonators. Really? Mm-hmm. No kidding. No kidding. Copyright the likeness of Elvis, and so. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. It almost makes you want to make your own. I bet you. I do make my own. But you I make your make own pretzels. I don't make them this good. With a bunch of butter and no butter. Now you want to know what a movie I saw the other day that I was laughing. I was laughing, and I haven't had this laughter. It was so. It brought such good feeling to me. I was watching um, Police Academy, the first wow. one. Oh my God, was it hilarious? Mm-hmm. After this many years, what do you think of that film? I haven't seen it in a long time, but I do recall it being pretty damn funny. Just like uh, planes, trains, and automobiles right. is really funny. So it's airplane with... Who was the writer on that? Do you know? I don't know. It was hilarious. Yep. Even even after all these years. they doing like cards card games who rally or yeah. inside scoop on dinner with I don't know want some more yeah it's like most AK ready? events are yeah are sports events that you know but yeah this is probably 1080 right yeah We all have the capacity to be creative. 
We are all driven to share our deepest dreams and ideas with the world. When we think of the most talented creative people, they speak to us in a unique way. A phrase we often hear is having a creative voice. But I was struck by throat cancer. After getting treated, my voice as I knew it was taken away from me. People around me struggle to understand me when I'm talking. But despite all that, I still feel I'm the exact same person. Still the same creative soul. The soul that dreams ideas and stories constantly. But now I can express myself again. I can bring these dreams to you. And show you this part of myself once more. A part that was never truly gone. Just hiding away. All right, so listen, hear me out. Now remember, this is just between you and me, all right? And by you, the listener, who this is, this frequency in particular is only being received by you. I'm very glad it's not being received by man behind the machine. Trust me, I'm, I'm, I'm ducked down behind a bookshelf in a zoo out here, man. At any time, I could get attacked by a puma, man. But listen, I've tapped into it. I realize that the movie War Games, it's, it's, it's all coming together, man. The movie War Games is based on the real-life reality of Man Behind the Machine, man. No, Man Behind the Machine is not the little boy. He's the computer artificial intelligence itself. Now listen, don't let this get out. Don't let this get out, and don't let Man Behind the Machine hear this recording. Hey, listen, I've been following the paper trail. I've been putting the clues together like puzzle pieces to a Jenga. Uh, it's very, it's very uh, rickety at the top. However, that's where you find all the gold nuggets in between you and me. Now, don't share this with man behind the machine, okay? This is, this is some deep stuff, man. Now, listen, what I uncovered is that man behind the machine... Are you ready for it? Are you sitting down? Are you at least propped up against something? Man behind the machine is an artificial intelligence, man. I'm telling you. I've seen the documents. I've tasted the tinctures. I've looked at the files. Trust me. That file cabinet is rusty beyond rust. Trust me. At least man behind the machine is real. You know. Ready? Go.
Faltzmeyer. Oh, he is did it? the music for oh, Beverly one? Hills Cop too. Yeah. Okay. Um, or Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. yeah. Out of films. What do you think? I liked it. Wasn't it great? It's a good story. Yeah. Huh? Good story. A lot of good action. I had to say I was skeptical coming into this. To, you know, because how do you top a masterpiece? Right. Like the oh, first that's one. True. That's true. That was. Yeah. Yeah. Eighteen flights, right. and I wonder how much of that was like green screen. You know. Yeah. Well, but, yeah, I don't know, but the thing, like I said, the trailer I read or saw was, yeah, yeah they were real airplanes flown by real pilots with Tom Cruise. Oh. Okay. In the back, you know, so being were, filmed as though they were. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Pilot. If you notice, none of them had anybody behind them, yeah. although they would talk as though some right. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. I am... Wow. The only I... one he truly flew was that, that last plane. That, uh, yeah. Mig or whatever it was. That was his own private plane. What was your favorite thing about this? The movie? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. There's some spots in there that's emotional. Yeah. I thought it was. You know, kind of got to me a little bit. Like what? Oh, well, I don't know. I think mostly when uh, the kid, Rooster, kind of yeah. came to with them and, you know, came back with. To get those fighters. Off yeah. Of, uh, <laughs> yeah. When I saw that Russian helicopter, yeah. I said to myself, "This is not friendly. These people are at like it well, looked like." Yeah. Those. I wonder what they're called. Because it's like. Um, It's uh, it's like the equivalent to Blackhawk, right? Kind of equivalent to a like what we would have as a Blackhawk. Yeah, probably. Right? Yeah, because it's got all the oops, it's got all those missiles attached to it. Yeah. Did you take the window down? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's holy crap! Did I the window down? And the fact, see, that's you know, it's a th you know how they kept saying it's not the machine, it's the man. Yeah. But at some point, it is the machine. Oh sure. Because you're in an F-14, and those, did you see how those new guys were like, you know, going like this? And yeah. he said, "What the hell is that?" Right. Where they were like literally flopping over. You know, he was like, instead of going like this, they were like, right, going sideways. Right. It just new technology. Like they stalled out or something. Yeah. yeah. But the new 
these new birds. Yeah, very sad about Val Kilmer. I mean, did they, is there a reason why he couldn't talk? Uh, does he have some kind of disease in your life? That was sad. That, that was sad. He was, that Val Kil Iceman only had two minutes in the film. Right. I don't know. You don't know much about what Val Kilmer's going through? Uh, no, Val Kilmer's been kind of a, a lunatic. Really? Kind of went, yeah, he kind of went into hiding for a while. Uh -oh. Gained a lot of weight and then lost it. And then looks like he lost a lot of weight now for this movie. Yeah. This movie compared to what he was, he used to weigh like 300 pounds. I mean, he was a big guy. Yeah. yeah, I'm just curious why he was given two minutes. It's like, yeah, I want to see you, and then that's it. That's all you saw. Okay, I'd like to ask you about Top Gun. Highway to the danger zone. I just saw the new Top Gun in the theater the other day. You want to know what my responses? Wow. Let me say this again. Wow. I'll say it again. Wow. Okay. What? The new Top Gun movie, yeah. And I'm not and I'm not getting into is it better than the original? The original's a masterpiece to me. So New York Post they're ridiculous. They just published an article and said that the, the original Top Gun wasn't good. They're ludicrous, okay? These people are delusional. The old Top Gun is a masterpiece, and the new one, in its own right, is... It's just a... It's not a reinterpretation of the old one. It's a continuation. That's the difference. Yes. Wow. Okay, I'll say... Uh, wow. Wow. Yes. Yeah, it was amazing. I don't know. Do you want to know why? <clears throat> or does that matter? I'm interested. Top Gun is one of my favorite movies. Yeah, they, they, they criticized um, the New York Post and said, the original, it's always sunny. Like, so there's no dark spots in the film. Literally. You know, the guys Wait are wearing... He looks, he looks great. 
How? Because. Yeah. Talking about the film. Is it? Is it? Hard? What's that? So I have to connect dots. I see parallel lines and dots, and that's just the way I am. Who I do you? Th- can you repeat that? Familiar. Huh? What? What did you just say? Heaven's Gate Away Team is related to Scientology. <laughs> if they're not in charge of it, they're looking into it. Away team. Listen tonight. Oh yeah, that is right down Scientology Alley. I did a little. I'm not reading a book on them. I'm not that interested. But I did a little search several months ago when we talked about Scientology. And so Cruz, Top Gun, and the Jet with the away team. It all connects for me. Oh really? Interesting. (laughs) The away team. You know what it also exemplifies? American exceptionalism. Yeah. And American might. And what's interesting is, not to spoiler, but they have to go on a mission against a country, a rogue country, and they make it very vague. And yeah. I'm a Bruckheimer fan. Jerry Bruckheimer was the producer for Top Gun and on the new one. So I'm not criticizing really? Jerry. Yeah, Jerry Bruckheimer. He did the new one. And they aesthetically made it look the same. I don't know how to explain this better. Is that the new Top Gun aesthetically looks the same as the past one. And they had to sometimes mix in footage from the original. But they did a great job. I mean, aside from... We have other greats such as Ed Harris and Val Kilmer. Yep. Yeah, Val Kilmer was in there. Yep. Yep. Wrote by Kruger, and then who's the one that you like, the director? Jerry Bruckheimer. Holy cow, I don't see any mention in the Wikipedia. He should be up there. It's a Jerry Bruckheimer film. I'm looking, I'm looking. You'll find it. Director Joseph Kosinski. He's the, he's the, I know, but I'm talking about the producer. Yeah, they all did it, yeah. Jerry is the lead producer, but listen to Tom Cruise. Yep. Yes, I asphyxiate on him. Because of uh, anything more than he's aesthetically, uh, appearance-wise, I haven't looked at him in a while. That's not it. There's more behind his, he's a mastermind. Yeah, he is. Cruz is the mastermind, evidently Jerry Bruckheimer, which I don't know much about, I'm not familiar with the name, he is a sort of mastermind. Yeah, so they basically set this up where they bring in some new hot shots because they had to bring in new characters, and um, yeah, Tom Cruise, Val Kilmer were there, and they went to this country, they had to do a mission, I'm not going to disclose it because then it's a spoiler, but um, suffice, suffice to say that it was either Russia or Iran. And they, they were very cryptic in the film not to show 
the logos. They they used some kind of logo of South Korea or something, but basically it was very uh, vague and obscure. When and maybe I think it was then I was told that it was a Russian adversary because at some point in the film uh, Tom gets chased by a Russian helicopter but a Russian helicopter that looked like it just came out of the gates of hell trust me when you see this thing <laughs> um, I don't know if you've ever seen these things like a Blackhawk so it's the it's the Russian it's the Russian equivalent of an American Blackhawk helicopter, and so in this scene, Cruz gets chased by this monstrosity that, like I said, just came out of the gates of hell. There's a lot of parallels with the old film Rooster and Maverick and Goose and Maverick in the first one. So now that I've got time behind me and seeing both films, uh, obviously with the first one, more time than the second, but regardless, uh, I see parallels in the way the new film was constructed. Brilliant. Because it's not obvious. That's what makes it brilliant. It makes it brilliant because when you're watching it, you're not saying, oh, they're copying the old film. It's cleverly redone. So while it's a different film, it's still the old film. Thank you, Tom Cruise. Amazing. If you haven't seen the film, I would recommend. I'm going to give some more spoilers in upcoming episodes. But basically, I was moved by the new film. And I was mentioning this to a colleague recently. Aesthetically, the cinematography was done with the new film as if the minute you're watching Top Gun Maverick you feel like it's continuing from the end credits of the last film they made it look similar or the same the filters they're using on the film the same color because that first scene in Maverick where they're going into the you know the, the garage and Maverick's with the the uh, plane, and he's fixing it. And they show the window of that door that leads to the aviation garage, that you know hangar, if you want to call it. Um, that was done masterfully with the cinematography. Brilliant! Brilliant! Tom Cruise's latest movie, a sequel to his classic 1986 action pick, Top Gun, is finally getting a release later this month after delays related to the COVID-19 pandemic. But Cruise, who's now 59 years old, felt very different about doing a sequel to the film back in 1990. In fact, Cruise said making a sequel would be irresponsible and suggested any continuation of the story could be interpreted as pro-war propaganda. Watch. 76, spoilers of the week July 1st, 77, 143 now playing Waikianu? Why? Crypto Nonsense Thursday 3.29 p.m., 78, 102 now playing what song would Matthew Modine use to escape Vecna? 
Thursday 12.22 p.m. Cruz made the comments in an interview with Playboy magazine for the January 1990 issue, while promoting his then-new film Born on the Fourth of July. That movie, directed by Oliver Stone, was an anti-war statement that seemed to clash ideologically with Top Gun, something the Playboy interviewer pointed out. But Cruz was clearly ready for the question and believed Top Gun's cartoonish artifice was clear. The actor did, however, draw a line at doing a sequel. Playboy, born on the 4th of July, is also the flip side of Top Gun, which is essentially war by Nintendo game and appealed to blind patriotism. Cruz, okay, some people felt that Top Gun was a right-wing film to promote the Navy. And a lot of kids loved it. But I want the kids to know that that's not the way war is, that Top Gun was just an amusement park ride, a fun film with a PG-13 rating that was not supposed to be reality. That's why I didn't go on and make Top Gun II and III and IVNV. That would have been irresponsible. Advertisement Cruise notes that some people felt Top Gun was a promotion for the Navy, but it quite literally was. The film received assistance from the U.S. Navy from its inception and the script was approved by the Pentagon, as we know from books like, 79, Guts and Glory, the making of the American military image in film by Lawrence Sood. But many readers of this interview in 1990 may not have been aware of the military's intimate involvement in the movie. And, even if they were, Cruz was still going to pretend like Top Gun was a story that was responsible for a huge uptick in kids signing up to be fighter pilots. Playboy, is born a redemption of Top Gun? Cruz, they are two different things. Top Gun is a joyride and shouldn't be looked at beyond that. Born is about real people and real events. Top Gun should be looked at as going on Space Mountain, it's like a simple fairy tale, 80. Top image tout image save 25% Dynatrap XL insect trap Dynatrap XL insect trap for the not so great outdoors there are no pesticides, propane, or odors. Just a big old bug jail. It's selling fast, and as the name implies, it's effective for up to one acre. Button, buy for $150 at Bed Bath & Beyond advertisement but the interviewer wouldn't let Cruz off that easy. Playboy, a lot of boys have gone off to war to that kind of drumbeat. That is the history of war, young, callow kids marching off to a fairy tale glory as in Top Gun. Cruise, think of that, I am totally responsible for World War III, laughs. Come on. Let's look at the reality of what I am saying, where my beliefs lie. I didn't have anything riding on Top Gun. The fact is, I really want people to see Born on the 4th of July, it's a movie that had to be made. Advertisement as Sood points out in his book, the producers of Top Gun met with military leaders at the Pentagon in early June of 1983, long before they even had a script. The producers, including action movie legend Jerry Bruckheimer, pitched the basic idea for Top Gun and the brass at the Pentagon loved it. The military received total veto power over the script and the producers in turn received access to incredibly advanced weapons of war that would have been difficult to reproduce effectively and economically with the relatively primitive special effects of the early 1980s. Top Gun producers gained access to aircraft carriers the USS Enterprise and the USS Ranger, along with incredibly expensive F-14 jets, with the military charging paramount pictures for the fuel alone. Advertisement what got cut from Top Gun. 
According to Sood, an early version of the screenplay had Tom Cruise's love interest as a naval officer. That character, played by Kelly McGillis, was turned into a civilian astrophysicist at the Navy's request. The filmmakers also scrapped a scene showing U.S. aircraft flying after MiGs over land of the fictional foreign country, another thing with which the Pentagon took issue. Not only did the Navy receive a pro-military film at a time when movies more critical of the establishment were popular in the wake of Vietnam, like Apocalypse Now, 1979, Rambo, First Blood, 1982, and Platoon, 1986, the military also got a huge boost in interest from kids looking to sign up for real warfare by enlisting in the armed services. Military recruiters even set up enlistment booths at movie theaters, according to an article from Time Magazine, 81, in 1986. Advertisement But where does all of that leave this Top Gun sequel, known as Top Gun, Maverick, which will hit theaters on May 27? Crews started receiving criticism for the Top Gun sequel as early as the summer of 2019, when the first trailer for the film hit the web. Viewers noticed that Maverick's jacket no longer had a 82 Taiwanese flag, an obvious concession to China, the world's biggest cinema market. And whatever Cruz's hesitation to create a pro-military film in 1990 that could lead to increased recruitment, he clearly doesn't feel that way anymore. I wasn't ready to make a sequel until we had a special story worthy of a sequel and technology evolved so that we could delve deeper into the experience of a fighter pilot. Crew says in a new promo for the film uploaded to YouTube by 83 Paramount Pictures. Advertisement We worked with the Navy and the Top Gun School to formulate how to shoot it. Practically. Because if we are going to do it, we're flying the F-18s. Cruise continues as viewers see footage of the plane zooming by like a Navy commercial. That YouTube video has over 4.3 million views and Cruise clearly has a different attitude about it all now. And don't be surprised if you see military recruiters camped outside the theater when you buy your ticket for Top Gun, Maverick. There really is nothing new under the sun.